Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. You cannot leave. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah, you've waited a whole year for our Halloween show. So pour yourself a bowl of Frankenberries and all hail Satan. Hey, trick-or-treaters, you're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel Redrum Cheeseman. And this is Chad, no Michael Myers, here so wash. And on this week's show, iSims has treats, Oracle has tricks, and Indeed leaves a flaming bag of dog shit on customers' doorsteps. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text kernel uh-huh. brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text Kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean there's no Halloween in Portugal? Think about it. The U.S. commercializes everything so that you can you can buy the pumpkins, you can buy the candy, you can buy, 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 buy outfits, all that other fun stuff. Just not how they do it down here. It's a much simpler life. 
<laughs> Less commercial. Perfect yes. for you. Perfect for you. Well, I'm excited about Halloween. I do want to say what we do have here, and I was saving this for you. Oh. Speaking of devils, the mm. devil of beer. Straight out of Belgium, a little Duval. Oh, of course, so we good. record this show now when it's happy hour in Portugal. So yes. <laughs> Chad's take on stuff is a little bit different than when he's stateside when it's uh, <laughs> 10 in the morning. <laughs> well, anyway, we, all right, we love Halloween in our house. Uh, I'm dressing as a convict as usual. I got an old timey Shawshank uh, outfit. Uh, my five-year-old's going as Spider-Man. I know that's very oh, cliche. Yeah. I and love it. Uh, I think I my wife's it. going as a bee. She usually picks some sort of insect. For what she does, and yeah. uh, I think I think the big kids are just going to terrorize little kids <laughs> at this point. <laughs> They've got a, a little brother to terrorize, so that's good. And I love this party. This time of year is the best time of year to be in the Midwest. Uh, the colors on the trees, the, the yeah, brisk gorgeous. air. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really it's a really good time of year. The other eleven months, eh? Yeah. Eh, or you can be right. in the mid seventies here, you know, with a beach. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. I'm in my puffy vest, you know, taking the dog for a walk. And Chad's Chad's on the beach. Shout out. Shall we do some shout outs? We got a lot to cover this yep. week. A lot of you stuff going on. I'm going to give a shout out to layoffs uh, since layoffs. it's Halloween. And, and that, that feels a little bit uh, scary. So so our boy Elon Musk, and I'm sure we'll talk about this on the European show because Levin can't talk. Uh, without talking about uh, Elon. So so my man is buying Twitter. It looks like it's going to close maybe even today, but probably this week. Right. He's expressed laying off 75% of the workforce, which didn't go very well with the current workforce. What do you expect? Uh, the best of the best tend to leave when you say you're going to lay off 75% of the people, uh, which would leave them 2,000 employees from 7,500 he has walked that back. Uh, duh, he's walked it back. But it here's what I think is going to happen. All the other tech companies uh, whose shareholders think Elon is smarter than they are are going to go through big layoffs. Um, and we're fans of The Pivot Show and, and Scott Galloway. He's predicting Pinterest and Snap going through similar you know cuts in their in their staff. Yeah. Obviously, this stuff inf- affects our business uh, in terms of if all these companies aren't hiring anymore, because that's going to trickle down to all the tech companies saying we don't need as many tech people. Yeah. Um, and the companies in our space, the unicorns that have gotten a hundred million plus dollars and have hired a lot of engineers. Uh-huh. Um, what are they going to do? Are they going to lay off these folks? Now, the good news is a lot of startups that can't afford good talent are going to be able to grab up uh, some of these folks, and the the next great startups will be born from this period of recession and doom and gloom. So that's the good news, but there will be some temporary pain. So on this Halloween episode, I thought layoffs would be an appropriate shout out, everybody. So scary. So scary. Well, my my uh, shout out is to Veritone and sponsor Pandologic. Well, yes. kids, you might remember that earlier this year, we dropped a podcast called Deep, Deep Fake Recruiting with Ryan Steelberg. He was the CEO of Veritone. And yep. less than a year later, this is happening, kids. Roll that beautiful bean footage. C'est Joël Chisman de The Shed and Cheese, le podcast le plus dangereux de HR. Mec, tu parles en français. Putain de merde. Attends, je parle en français. Es algo bueno porque de Chad and Cheese Podcast ahora también se proporcionará en español. Comenzando con nuestros programas semanales. Now German. Es ist eine gute Sache, denn der Schad Chase Podcast wird jetzt auch auf Deutsch angeboten. 
beginnen mit unseren weekly shows. Em português. E você pode encontrar Deixar de Enditis, HRS Most Dangerous Podcast, onde quer que você ouça podcasts. I've never wanted to have sex with myself so badly <laughs> as I do right now. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking awesome. Dude, Sexy. So our new voices are, are, are veritone powered. Wow. French, Spanish, German, and Portuguese. Uh, it's it's truly surreal. What we, we know our listeners are from all yeah. over the world, and many of them, their first language is not English. So we're trying our damnedest to make sure that they can have a little cheese, little chad in the morning with their native tongue. So here's the caveat though, kids. You gotta remember, yes, it is incredibly new and it's incredibly cool, but it's AI, which means it's learning and we're mm -hmm. learning too. So for example, you know, we had a, a recommendation. We were at uh, dinner with uh, the, the talk push guys and Luis said, the you know what? Folk. Yeah, yeah. Well, Luis said, you know, you, you should probably speed up that audio about 1.2 or one and a half times because native speakers are more fluid and they speak faster. So we tried it right there with him at the table and he was like, he gave us the thumbs up. So now we've made that adjustment. So if you're listening, if you are listening in your foreign tongue and you have adjustments or ideas or what have you, send it our way. Last but not least every weekly show so we drop a show every friday then we're going to have that show translated into four different other additional languages mm -hmm. uh, so you will get that show on the very next wednesday so you can go to wherever you listen to podcasts we're now getting into apple and spotify and so on and so forth so we're very early on but you got to ask your, yourself joel is any other podcast out there i don't just mean in our industry any other podcast doing cool shit like this none that i know of and We, I know we both listen to a lot of well-funded, uh, manicured, professionally produced. Not that ours aren't professionally produced because Chad doesn't. He's a pro at this point. But a lot more resources, and uh, the folks at Veritone have been really uh, kind and generous Amazing. to help us launch these these programs. I think we're, we're trailblazers. I think this is going to be something that a lot of podcasts start doing. Um, And these are separate shows. So if you're in German, you know, German speaking country, whatever, you can subscribe to that show uh, and have it separately in your feed. So yeah. you know that all the all those shows uh, come up. I'm amazed at how they were able to make us sound like we do. <laughs> it's not like a robot just saying our words yeah. in a ro yeah. like a robot voice. Yeah. It's actually our voices. It's crazy. And the biggest the biggest challenge for us, I think, was. Is it the Chad and Cheese show in France or is it the Chad and Fromage uh, podcast? <laughs> and and we eventually landed on Cheese because, you know, Cheese kind of plays in, in multiple languages. But, yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm just amazed that we uh, that we've done this, that the technology is there and that we have friends generous enough uh, to help us do this. So, uh, cool. yeah, big, big round of applause. For our friends at Veritone. When, and to Panda. your point, when you're looking for the show, it's the Chad and Cheese Espanol, the Chad yep. and Cheese Deutsch, the Chad and Cheese Francais, and the Chad mm -hmm. and Cheese Portuguese. It's it's in we're trying to make it as much as the native tongue as you can. Yep. Check it out, man. Yep. And shout out to our friends at Evergreen. Uh every every show has a different image, different flag in the background. So, you know, we still have that same Uh, knucklehead melon uh, look on the <laughs> image, but a little different flag and background to help everyone uh, figure that out. So uh, thanks to Evergreen 
uh, for that as well. I have one more shout out. We can get to the good stuff like fantasy football and birthdays. Oh, good God. Our friend, our good friend, Sir Richard Collins Mm -hmm. has posted on uh, LinkedIn recently. I quote, so after three years of selling click IQ to indeed, we are finally out excited to be able to move on and do what Beverly Joan Collins and I do best disrupting and building some cool HR tech. Yep. Bring on the blockchain was his little teaser <laughs> teaser there. I think both of us are getting a, uh, uh, a a little sample of the new technology. But Maserati on, Sir Richard, uh, and keep us abreast of this blockchain that you speak of. I'm sure that uh, he'll be on the show soon discussing his new stuff. And also a shout out. He put a big image that said we out. Uh, I don't know if that was a little hat tip to us or not, but uh, we're yeah. watching, Sir Richard. We're watching. Oh, yeah. And we're rooting for you. Uh, events next week. I'm going to the Web Summit with our buddy Keith Sonderling, you know, the EEOC commissioner. Yeah, I do. Uh, he's going to be in Lisbon. He's on a How to Regulate AI panel with a couple of heavy hitters. One is uh, in Parliament in the UK House of Commons. Uh, and the other one is a senior key expert with the EU International Outreach for Human-Centric Approach to AI. My God, these people need help with titles. Uh, and last but not least, the person who's going to be moderating is a tech reporter from Bloomberg. So I'm really ex- stoked next week nice. to, to go to go to Lisbon and go to the Web Summit. By the way, we have some, uh, some footage uh, from an EEOC meeting where a company that was behaving badly tried to leave uh, a meeting. That's right. That's what you hear at the EOC <laughs> when you try to get out of the, uh, the clutches of Mr. Sonderling. You cannot leave. He says you it with a smile, leave. though. He says it with a smile. He does say it with a smile. By the way, if, if you've joined our free list, you cannot leave. You will get free stuff. Uh, yes. We're talking T-shirts from JobGet. We're talking whiskey from our friends at TextKernel. We're talking free beer from the folks at Aspen Tech Labs. If your mm. birthday is in a particular month, you might win rum from our, our friends at Plum. You got to go to chatcheese.com backslash free to get that. It's free to sign up. We just need your your vitals. We need your address if we're going to send you something <laughs> and, and text messages if we're going to uh, let you know that you have uh, blood a beer type. coming to you. Yeah, blood type we don't have. <laughs> Semen, we don't want that either. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. And speaking of birthdays, let's get to to that real quick. So Mm -hmm. a few fans and listeners are celebrating another year around the sun. Let's get to those folks. And again, you can win, uh, rum from plum. If it is your birthday and November's coming up, Chad. So there's going to be a new winner announced very soon, but celebrating birthdays this week, we got Ryan Moffitt, Garrett Friedman, Sean Horton, our boy, Dennis Tupper, Oh, Jeremy Roberts, also our boy, Peter nice. Gold, one of our uh, favorite Scotsmen. Welcome to all things Scottish. Our slogan is, if it's no Scottish, it's crap. That's right. Stephen O'Donnell celebrates a birthday. And our boy <laughs> from Sense, Punkage Jindal, was born, although they might not celebrate it in his country, on Halloween. <laughs> So happy birthday to Punkage and everyone else that's celebrating a birthday this month. Also celebrating this month, the Canadian, that's right, who's continued to make a strong showing in fantasy football. Week 7 is in the books. Fantasy football, sponsored by our friends at Factory Fix. Here's our leaderboard, number one to last place. 
Chris, who's Dominion is in the new number one spot, followed closely by Serge Strange Brew Boudreaux. By the way, my wife got mad at me for pronouncing it Serge. It's Serge or some Serge. shit like that. We need we Serge. need that in the foreign language uh, edition. Number three, your boy Joel Nacho Cheeseman, Dennis the Menace Tupper, Christy Making a Kelling, Matt Molehill, Iron Mike Schaefer, Chad So Washed Up. King James Gilliam, Average Joe Wilkie, Jason Voorhees, appropriate for the show, uh, Putnam, and Dan Aykroyd, who starred in Ghostbusters, Shoemaker. That is the roundup of the leaderboard of fantasy football. Thanks again to our friends at Fantasy Fix, Factory Fix. Fantasy Fix might be something totally different. Uh, Factory (laughs) Fix, our friends there. Thanks for sponsoring. And with that, it's Topics! got so much shit this week. All right, let's talk about iSims. So great. The popular ATS announced the acquisition of Skill Survey this week. Terms were not disclosed. Skill Survey is a pioneer in skills verification and digital reference checking. They tout 2,300 companies as customers. Its patented reference checking solution verifies skills and delivers feedback from references in a much quicker and more candid way that can be used earlier in the hiring process. Pennsylvania-based skill survey survey was founded all the way back in 2001 and had previously raised a grand total of $3.6 million. Chad, another savvy acquisition by iSims, or are they just compensating for an IPO that may never happen? Seriously, this is not sexy, but I think it's incredibly smart. As you'd said, skill survey has been around since 2001. They've only only taken 3.6 million in funding according to to crunchbase and that funding was incremental half a million here a quarter of a million there and the most funding they received was 1.8 million in 2008 all the way back in 2008 that was a lot of money back then kids which tells you somebody's making some money so we've gotten so drunk on funding over the last three years that we forgot how a stable and reliable business is built and it's not from us playing the unicorn song. Uh, Ray and the and the crew over at Skill Survey built a company to last. And if somebody came along with a check big enough, well, you know, they'd obviously sell. As you'd said, they have well over 2,000 customers, a great portfolio, and an ARR play with only about 100 employees, according to, to LinkedIn Insights. So this is a great ad for iSIMS and their bottom line. I, I think it's a big thumbs up for them. So I love that after, uh, remember we talked about the Spark Start lawsuit over the, oh, the video and the acquisition, yeah. um, that they they highlighted in this release the patented <laughs> reference checking solution. So yeah. they're trying to ward off all those lawsuits uh, that could be coming <laughs> for the, uh, the reference check. So that was good. Yeah, look, n- probably no one in our space does the subtle, small-scale, smart-fit acquisition like iSIMS. They look at their marketplace, they see what's trending, they see what, you know, they see all the things that that customers use, what they like, um, and then they go kind of pick out the diamonds uh, that aren't, you know, valued at a billion dollars, and then go pick out what what makes a lot of sense for them. They did it with Text Recruit. They've done it with opening.io. They did it with yeah. candidate ID. Mm-hmm. And now they're doing it with skill survey. Whoever's doing the M&A at iSIMS, 
uh, deserves a raise because they're <laughs> setting the standard for all the other ATSs that are, you know, buying other ATSs and doing things that frankly are a little bit weird and wacky and really uh, expensive and doing it, doing it right. Um, I think that uh, our friend Kyle Lagunas, who a lot of our listeners know, uh, said it, said it probably best on this. So he, he said, quote, uh, via LinkedIn, the data collected in this process has never been used beyond the final hiring decision. And a big part of that has been the gap between these types of systems and the core system of record itself, i.e. the ATS. But this data can be aggregated and, and utilized at a macro level to drive smarter talent, marketing, sourcing, interviewing, and onboarding, end quote. Again, a smart buy, not sexy. It's an answer, but it's not sexy. <laughs> I think it's a good deal. iSims keep setting the standard for those like really smart, savvy buys, and this is just another notch in their belt. Here's where they're getting it wrong, though, and this yep. is this is the big problem for my, for iSims. They don't know how to peacock. They have no clue on how to peacock. Spread your damn feathers and show off, for God's sakes. And here's a great example. Remember when they bought Opening.io? And yep. we talked about all the possible applications within the, the grander scheme of the iSIMS ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we've heard little to nothing since. I remember us sitting in the room in New Jersey talking about this with Al Smith, who is one of the smartest guys probably in our goddamn industry, and they're doing some amazing things. And from what I'm hearing from some of the, some of the internal contacts that we have, that uh, that tech, just the opening.io piece has been a game changer for them internally. The mm-hmm. problem with ISIMs is they do not know how to peacock. They've got to get out there, especially, especially as they're moving toward IPO. If they want to continue to move toward IPO, they have to they have to seem bigger, they have to seem bolder, they have to push that chest out, they have to stiffen mm-hmm. the spine, and they have to be the biggest bully in the fucking ring. And we haven't seen that at conferences. We haven't seen that in press. We haven't seen that in marketing. All I can say, Steve, listen to me, big guy. You know marketing. You yep. know I'm right. Peacock. Interesting. Take take some notes from our friend Shannon at Hire Easy on how to peacock. Because <laughs> yes. ever since she's joined Hire Easy, Amazing. they are peacocking like a motherfucker. So uh, take some notes from Shannon on that. I agree. iSims is really, really quiet. And there's some honor to that, I guess, of keeping your head down. But in this day and age with podcasts and blogs and social media, if you're not shouting it from the hilltops, it's not getting talked about unless there's a big news item. So I Mm -hmm. agree with that. Well, someone who doesn't have a problem peacocking, maybe not to us, but in general, is our friends at Indeed. (laughs) That's right. So Indeed has had its annual event. In New York City, October 12th through the 13th, they've changed the annual event name from Indeed Interactive to Indeed FutureWorks because they said in the new name, quote, that the new name represents a new and fresh approach to its annual marquee event. Just what the world was hoping for, a new fresh name for the Indeed event. Anyway, aside from Chad's man crush on Ryan Reynolds, Keynote in the event, the biggest news was indeed going full-on pay-per-applicant. Reported by our friend Roy Maurer at Sherm, quote, In 2023, employers using Indeed will pay only when a candidate starts or submits an application rather than when they click on a job ad, which is currently the case, end quote. Chad, Indeed pioneered PPC in our industry, and now they're abandoning it. Next, they'll be changing their name to Meta, right? 
What's your take on this move? First and foremost, let's give Indeed a big applause for this bullshit, it's better for job seekers narrative. They are so good at this. They find data to be able to back it, but nobody in our space can spit and spin the bullshit better than Indeed. This is a, this is a wow moment right here. So first off, let's be clear and, and start to clear up some of the differences. You've got, you have pay per application, which is pretty much the job is on Indeed, and you're, and you're looking more at the easy apply method, right? Uh, and then pay per started application. So the job's not on Indeed, you click through and you start the application on the corporate site. Okay, makes sense, right? And just to set the tone, PPA, paper application, is more expensive than pay-per-click, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. As it should so, be. So this is, this, is, this is where it all comes together because these are some evil fucking geniuses behind this move, which literally just adds a, one click into the process and charges employers more. Take note, kids adds a click into the process and charges employers more. Let's go back in the Wayback Machine. Stick with me here. Remember mm -hmm. a time before Indeed's current two-pane model where a job seeker clicked on the link and went directly to the company's career site to review the job description? Back then, that was called what? PPC. Yeah, it was pay-per-click. Then Indeed switched their user experience to a two-pane model which kept job seekers on Indeed to view the job instead of going to the corporate career site. Now, Indeed says if job seekers click apply and go to the career site, that's considered a started application, now known as a PPA, right? Pay per application. When before their two pane model went into play, that was called PPC. Mm -hmm. They just did a switcho fucking change on everybody. Indeed literally added a click in the process and they're charging companies more for the exact same thing they did 10 years ago. Yeah. The exact same shit and the evil goes deeper. Okay, so how deep? Make the apply easier and mandate salaries on jobs. We've been heralding this, but let's dig deep into this. Applications suck, so Indeed creates Indeed Apply for, for quicker and easier applications. Indeed Apply makes it extremely simple to apply for jobs, whether you're qualified or not. Easy Apply will increase applies on every job, whether you're qualified or not. Then, how does Indeed increase applies even more? Well, they make salary compulsory on every single job. So yes, mandating salaries is a move to drive more applies or started applies, whether you're qualified or not. So what do these moves do? They make applying easier, which is what Indeed's been doing for, for, for decades. You can see it in their roadmap. Uh, whether you're qualified or not, none of that matters. And what did, what did Indeed change to make this possible? They added one click. You're paying more today, kids, than you did 10 years ago because it was named PPC back then. Now it's PPA and you're going to be charged more. Merry Christmas. That's great insight. And I think like you, I've been, I've been chewing on this, uh, since the announcement and it's, it's led me to a lot of different places, some dark and damp, uh, <laughs> others not so much, but so I want to take, take us back. And I did this last week, a little bit, a little bit of history here of mm -hmm. pay-per-click because a lot of people may not realize that pay-per-click used to be, there's a company called Overture 
uh, it powered Yahoo and some others. And, and the idea was that if you paid more than the other advertiser, you got to be at the top of the list. So if I paid 11 cents and Chad paid 10, I got to be on top of him. It created a pretty cool like, uh, you know, pissing contest where I'm going to spend more for the click and you kept going up and down. Google came along and put an algorithm behind pay-per-click. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really have a bidding thing where I could be on top. They had a thing where, well, if your ad is better, if your landing page is better, uh, you'll get better ranking because it's a better experience for the user. Basically right. creating a lot of confusion around why am I not the first ranking? I'm going to spend yeah. more money. A lot of confusion. Indeed, historically has used Google as a way to like you, you know generate their own business. This is a lot of confusion in the marketplace, like you said. Indeed pioneered pay-per-click in our space. Mm-hmm. When they started doing this, everyone was doing flat price, you know, $300 for a month month ad, a package or whatever. And they spent a lot of money and resources educating our space on the value of pay-per-click. While they were doing that in 2006, Google tried a paper basically action model, mm-hmm. which works a lot easier in e-commerce because I only, I'm only going to pay you if people buy the shoes that I have for sale. Right. And Google has a lot of really smart people, uh, as well as Facebook and others. They've more or less abandoned this model, probably for a lot of good reasons that we can't go into uh, time-wise on this show. But Indeed grew this pay-per-click model. They educated the industry. They put backfill on job sites all around the world. People made money when people clicked. Mm-hmm. There was an ecosystem that they profited handsomely from. And now they're changing direction. And to me, you got to ask, why would they do that? They've become Indeed on this pay-per-click model. People understand it. People get it. Why are they changing? And to me, it, it the core of this is in the fact that when you talk to people at Indeed around what are they most scared of, what's what's taking the biggest chunk out of their out of their bottom line, it's not Google for jobs, although there's a little bit of concern on that. And if Google has a pay per click thing, that'll be interesting. But the mm-hmm. thing that scares Indeed most is programmatic advertising. They cannot compete. On an, in an aggregate ecosystem where people are paying less for a click and that they're optimizing those clicks in a global ecosystem that's not Indeed, they can't compete on a pay-per-click basis in that model. And all the agencies that represent all the Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 1000 companies that are spending dollars mm-hmm. on advertising, all the agencies are smart enough to say, look, we're way better off cost-wise going with AppCast or Pando or Recruitology or whoever than we are with Indeed IQ, which was formerly, you know, Click IQ, our friend Sir Richard, as I mentioned earlier. So so Indeed to me is like we can't compete with programmatic. All the Fortune 500,000 are leaving us and spending less with us because of that. We have to pivot to something that is not that, that we can profit from, confuse the marketplace, uh, confuse the customer, and to to me, this is where they're going. It reeks of hubris. It reeks of we're the biggest you know gorilla in the jungle, and people are just going to bend to what we want them to do. Mm-hmm. Historically, that does not work out. Uh, just ask our friend Mark Zuckerberg and Meta what it's like to change sort of what you're doing and confuse the marketplace um, and com- confuse the buyer. So I think there's a lot of layers to this, and we're not a, we're not in tune with the Indeed meetings and what the discussions were. But this just reeks of desperation and fear. Companies pivot like this 
when they're scared, not when they're in a strong position. So for me, it's like, indeed, good luck. I don't think it's a good move. I think it's it's desperation. And I think uh, the marketplace is going to smell this and act accordingly. I just don't think they will. I think that they're still on the crack, uh, unfortunately. But uh, again, I just want to throw this out there, kids. They did one thing. They added a click into the process uh, from what they did 10 years ago. And they say that they're trying to make this easier and better for you. And they're charging you more for it. And guess what? You're going to pay it. And that is the sad thing because we need to, as an industry, whether it's recruitment marketing agencies or direct clients, Fortune 500 companies, we've got to back away and we've got to look at new ways to actually not just try to target talent, but also to manufacture talent, which we talk about all the time on this show. We need to get out of what we've been doing for the last decade because it's not working and it's making us slaves. These evil fucking geniuses over it indeed. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com that's pandologic.com voila chad <laughs> we're we're on canada news alert baby all right it's a Cana- it's a canadian news alert straight out of quebec workforce management platform voila has raised 13 million Canadian dollars, or nine and a half, roughly, U.S. dollars in a Series A round. This funding uh, round will allow the company to further its mission to help businesses combat labor shortages and accelerate the company's growth in, you guessed it, the United States as well as the rest of Canada. Released in 2016, Voila delivers workforce optimization tools to simplify schedule management, staff replacements, as well as time and attendance tracking the Quebecois are coming, Chad. Your thoughts? Having access to your schedule through an app that also allows you to send messages, take on extra shifts, ask for time off, and, and perform most of the mundane and yet important tasks on your mobile phone is, is essential today, especially for shift workers who aren't usually pinned to their computer. Uh, it feels like the pandemic made these types of platforms even more necessary as we're moving more toward a crowd-sourced scheduling version of work. And I, I, I think that's awesome. Well, first of all, what is it with companies in Quebec and names that Americans can't spell or say? So first we had Nouveau or Nouveau or I don't know what the hell it was. Now we've got Voila. Voila, voila. By the way, uh, because I care about this shit, uh, the, the URL is voila.app. 
uh, if you go to voila.com, it redirects you to a .ca, and it's uh, apparently a grocery store food delivery service uh, in Canada. So anyway, voila. Next, give us something we can spell and say, Quebec, please. Americans aren't that smart. So tell me where you've heard this before, Chad. Voila is an all-in-one workforce management platform helping busy managers save time, engage employees, and increase profits. Sound familiar? Like everyone else in our space. So there's a great line in Die Hard that we love to quote. It's when Bruce Willis says, welcome to the party, pal. Well, welcome to the party, voila. You're going to be competing with a lot of well-funded, well-resourced businesses. And you've got nine and a half million U.S. dollars to compete in the U.S., Another great movie we love to quote, you're going to need a bigger boat. Unless you've cracked some nut that only a Quebecois can understand, it's going to be tough road to hoe to come to America. You're going to need a little more funding. Like Chad, I love the idea. It's a great wave to be on. People in America love Canada. We love your quirky little your little technologies and your little names, and uh, we generally love what you do. So we will welcome you with open arms. But you're looking at a country that's a lot bigger than yours with a lot of companies trying to, to, to elbow out some space. Good luck. Go raise your Series B and, uh, and come back to me when you've got $100 million. Well, just some advice for, for an organization like that. Be specific and niche and then own that niche and then start to build off of that. I mean, that's, that's the, the, the easiest way to actually start not just – obviously uh, gaining more revenues because you're focused on that specific that specific industry, but also going after more revenues for broadening your TAM. And though I'm a little critical, I love Quebec and yeah. I'm rooting for them. Oh, yeah. And because if I don't, my in-laws won't bring me good Canadian whiskey <laughs> for the holidays. So I'm rooting, rooting for voila. Is there is there really good Canadian whiskey? There is. Oh, okay. Okay. There is. You can only get it in Canada. I mean, you could probably get it in, I don't know, Vermont or some border town. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, you, you can. Alberta has some nice ones. Uh, Quebec has some great, great whiskey. Yeah, you can. You can. Do, do it's, not, have- it's not bourbons. It's not Le Frug, but it's good. It's all right. It's not Alberfeldy, but it's all right. <laughs> do they have any self-driving cars or taxis there? <laughs> oh, self-driving cars, Chad. Well, that's scary. You cannot That's right. You cannot leave this issue. Conflicting news coming out of the self-driving car space this week, Uh Chad. Uh On one hand, self-driving cars are heading for a fatal crash. Mm -hmm. A Bloomberg article says, quote, six years after companies started offering rides in what they've called autonomous cars and almost 20 years after the first self-driving demos, there are vanishingly few such vehicles on the road and they tend to be confined to a handful of places in the Sun Belt because they still can't handle weather patterns trickier than partly cloudy. State-of-the-art robot cars also struggle with construction, animals, traffic cones, crossing guards, and what the industry calls (laughs) unprotected left turns, which basically are just left turns. However, Also in Bloomberg, Google's Waymo announced new service in Los Angeles this week, and Intel's self-driving company Mobileye went public this week at a $23 billion valuation. The stock opened at $26.71 and closed at $28.97 
almost 40% above its initial public offering price. So, Chad, who's right? Bloomberg or Bloomberg? <laughs> I'm going to go with Bloomberg. Uh, okay. This, okay. Th- th- this, this is too big not to work. And let me, let me, ex- let, let me, let me explain you. Explain it to me. I'm going to explain it. So Chad, explain it. The, the market size of just the taxi, the taxi and limousine service is around $41.7 billion uh, just in 2022. So that's just the taxi service. But we have to remember the end game here isn't the taxi industry. It's the car industry, logistics, and defense for starters. Again, car industry, logistics, and defense, huge fucking industries and a lot of those industries get money from the u.s government um they're just using the data captured from the taxi experiment to feed more lucrative prospects right i mean that's what is happening here so this is too big of a nut not to crack this is not about taxis this is this is this is definitely about the car industry but it's much bigger than that and in the biggest the biggest nut to crack here is defense and they definitely want to crack that nut too big and too sexy chad <laughs> that's right that's right that's what so, everybody called you in high school i get that big sexy that's right um <laughs> So let's let's talk about another Canadian company uh, that I think we all we all know and loved at some point. Uh, so BlackBerry and iPhone. Little history here. There's a, a book called Losing the Signal mm-hmm. that I recommend. It's about sort of the the, the phone wars back in the the two th- early two thousand tens and when the iPhone came out and Android. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a mostly focus on how BlackBerry lost the war uh, to the iPhone. And when the the iPhone was being talked about. Everyone at BlackBerry thought it can't be done. You can't have a full screen, full colored touch screen phone. The, mm-hmm. the, you can't have battery life long enough. You can't have like the chips. Like it's just everyone at BlackBerry had convinced themselves that this just can't be done until Apple did it. Right. And then once Apple did it, everyone figured out, okay, here's how you do it and blah, blah, blah. And of course, nobody did it as good as Apple. I feel like the self driving car industry is like that. You have a lot of people saying it can't be done, it's too hard, it's too expensive, whatever. And you have some people that are abandoning the initiative. But there's going to be somebody, there's too much money in this to not crack this nut. Somebody is going to figure out how to do it. And we keep talking about it can't be done until it will be done. And there's too much yeah. money to be made in this for it not to be done. Yeah. It may not happen this week. It may not happen next year. But sometime in our lifetimes, I believe, self-driving cars will be a thing. It'll be normal. Uh, we'll drive to you know to our parents' house two hours away, and we'll uh, we'll sort of be in the behind the wheel. But uh, the car will be doing the driving. I think that we talk about trucks at Walmart in Arkansas, taking that little trip at night in the truck. Like that's going to be a thing. Uh, so I'm on the side of Bloomberg as well, that uh, Waymo and Mobileye <laughs> and these companies are going to figure it out just like Apple figured uh, the iPhone out and killed BlackBerry and became a big winner. There's too much money in, in victory here not to get her, get her done. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I will not be one of those guys because I, I enjoy driving too much. Uh, so I will be driving a stick shift and I will be driving Miss Julie a, a, until I die. It's just it, it's the way it is. Stick stick shifts are a dying breed. Not here in Europe, they're not. Oh, really? Okay. Well, 
No, no Halloween, but you have stick shift. That's right. That, that seems like a fair, and, fair transition. And plenty of this. And Duval. Yeah, Duval. we have that in the states as well. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. You ready for some booster, Chad? Did you say rooster? Rooster, booster, juicer, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Or Oracle. Good God. Oracle has launched its new talent acquisition product, and it's called Oracle Recruiting Booster. That's right. Get that shot right in your arm. Recruiting Booster promises to help talent acquisition teams improve engagement with candidate candidates, build talent communities, accelerate the hiring process, and personalize the recruitment experience for all candidates. It includes the ability to create event listings, registration pages, and pre-screening questionnaires, as well as send SMS messages. In other words, it does all the stuff we've been talking about uh, others doing since we started the show back in 2017. And before that, uh, yes. what we were talking about in bars and pubs around the world. Chad, <laughs> wake up the rooster and jump on the booster. What do you make of this event? Aperture called from 2004 and they want their talent community back. Uh, it is, <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous, but wait, wait, there's more. Quote, the idea here is to make it easy for recruiters to create event listings, registration mm -hmm. pages, and pre-screening questionnaires for specific job requisitions, end quote. Saying easy doesn't make it easy. Okay, especially mm -hmm. when you're piling on 2004 like tasks, these things, <laughs> these things, I, it, it's almost like, what did they do? Did they wake up Rumpelstiltskin for God's sakes and, and say, what would you like in, in, in your recruiting platform? They do mention, though, two way messaging. Uh, but but it makes me think that, you know, they're, they're talking about walkie talkies. Yeah. So we have Recruit Rooster, and now we have the Recruiting Booster. Don't don't confuse the two, although they sound very similar. So and they both suck. So this is a little bit of the anti-ISIMs. Uh, you know who builds stuff on Oracle's clusterfuck of a marketplace? It's big companies with a lot of resources to deal with the red tape and the bullshit that is building yeah. stuff on Oracle. You know who doesn't build stuff on the Oracle marketplace? The other 80% of companies Innovative who are building companies. on greenhouse and iSIMs and companies that make it much easier to build shit on their platforms. It's also the ones doing cool shit that Oracle just decided to kind of build on 20 years, 10 years later. Mm -hmm. Because their customers are clamoring for this stuff, they have to have an answer. And the answer isn't, let's make the marketplace easier, uh, more accessible to companies. It's, hey, we have a ton of engineers. Let's just build this shit ourselves. 
and then give it to our our customers, you know, hot and hot garbage on a silver platter. <laughs> they're going to love it. I promise they're going to love it. So so Chad, the odds that Oracle's recruiting booster is worth a shit zero. The odds this podcast is over and I'm going to go trick or treating 100%. Fuck yeah. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.